if I have an idea for something, if I don't act on it straight away, I feel like it loses momentum. If I was like doing like a, a job, like a nine to five and someone was like, we need this in the next hour, someone you'd be like, no. So like, why is it any different for yeah. us, you know? Hello and welcome to Going Viral, the social media podcast. The podcast created to give insight and perspective on how the content creator and influencer world actually works. I'm Aideen Fitzmaris and I am your host. This is still a very new podcast and I'm really trying to get the word out there and hopefully some new listeners. So every single follow and mention really means the world. Please do give it a five star rating if you enjoyed this episode. Wherever in the world you are, I'm so glad you're listening today. Let's do this. This week, I'm overjoyed to be sitting next to a fellow podcaster. PJ Kirby rose to fame with his best friend, Kevin, through their podcast, I'm Grandmam. Since then, this is but one of the many strings to PJ's bow. He's a professional dancer, has modelled for some of the biggest fashion brands, including Brown Thomas, H&M and Russell and Bromley, and has just taken his first solo show on the road. Welcome, PJ. It's so good to have you. Hi, babe. You're such a professional. You've been doing this for ages. You're not new with this at all. You're class. Do you know what? I actually started out as a TV presenter and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So I'm like trained. Yeah, you're giving me like proper... TV presenter vibes. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'm like an amateur here. Uh, but I'm actually excited to get some uh, some tips from you yeah, today because you're a pro chat. podcaster. It seems there's nothing you can't do. Oh, shut up. Yeah. No, I feel like I just confused my mum. Like every time she rings me, she's like, what are you doing now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think when you go like as a freelance creative, you just get excited and you I just say I do whatever I want now like because I'm like oh my god yeah I'd get involved in that yeah, yeah and then things just start happening is it the best thing you've ever done just going out on your own yeah well it was terrifying um I, I, I used to work in an advertising agency in London and then was it that two summers ago uh, it, I, it just got too much because I'd be in there from like nine in the morning to like seven at night working on like a script or something and then I'd have to go home and like edit the podcast and then I'd have like a shoot the next day and stuff like that so it'd be all like it was all too much so I did do the jump and it was terrifying but it's working out okay touch wood touch wood I was the same I was working in like a similar kind of industry yeah. and I remember like my turning point was when I was like I'm actually getting so much in that it's taking more precedent than the nine to five. Yeah, job. literally. There was sometimes I was replying to emails for like my freelance stuff in my work, and I was like, I can't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. So let's dive into your earlier years. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about where you grew up and what it was like. So, from the accent you can hear, I'm a Northside Cork boy um, and proud. Uh, so I grew up in the Northside of the city in Cork, um, and I lived there until I was like twenty, um, and then I moved over to London. And what made you move? So I was a dancer and I got into like my dream dance college. So I got into Erdang, it's a dance academy in London. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is my like origin story. I'm going to become one of those dancers and step up, you know, like Honey Daniels kind of vibes. <laughs> um, so I moved there to go there. Were um, you always performative in school? Like in nah, primary school and nah, stuff? No, sure. I, I was so far in the closet. Like I was so like not out at all. So I didn't really like start dancing properly until I was like 16. Okay. Um, so when I was in like secondary school, I went to like the roughest secondary school. Like it was so scary. Um, uh, and people were like getting like fights every lunch, all that kind of vibe. So you kind of just put the head down, um, had to do a few fights. <laughs> and then, were you in a fight? Well, loads, yeah, growing up. Yeah, all the time. I don't fight anymore. Obviously, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But back in the day, like she was fighting. Um, 
and so I didn't really like be that performative until it got to like fourth year because then I think in fourth year everyone gets a bit like oh let's get creative we have the mm-hmm. year to burn you know what I mean so then I did the fourth year play and I was like oh love so you love TY then yeah oh yeah. my god it was the turning point in my life I feel like it's that year where you just kind of figure yourself out and yeah. all the like bitchy teenage drama kind of dilutes a bit because yeah. I remember like first year to third year was very hostile between mm. the girls but once TY came it's like you all kind of just grow up and get over it yeah and it's, I think for, with me because I was in an all boys school and um, all at, after third year loads of like the troublemakers left because they all started trades um, mm. and then a couple of the people who like I didn't get on with went to fifth year and then we were in fourth year so when we went into fifth year then like shall we we were ruling the roost like because we were mm. the oldest in the year so it was grand then yeah and then what so you went straight from secondary school into dance yeah so I did a year in a dance college in Ireland um, no two years actually Jesus it was ages ago <laughs> sorry I'm showing my age here um, <laughs> two years and then I got into dance college in London and then I went over there and cool. that's why I was in London and then I stayed I was there for nine years in London and I just moved back like to Ireland like a year and a half ago do you miss it not at all Oh, not at all. I really? was so done. Yeah, I don't know why. I loved London, um, but I was I was so over with it, like over it. And mm. then now it's my first time living in Dublin uh, since I moved here, and I love it. Yeah. It's just like a small London, and like it doesn't take me a million hours to get to see my friends, so I can just bop around the place. I do love it here. What was it that made you kind of flick a switch and be like, okay, now is the time, time to move Time to home. move here. I think it was a few things, right? So the first thing was my uh, fiancé lives here. So we were long distance for six years and I was like, Jesus, we better <laughs> we better live together and see if we don't kill each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so that was like the main factor. And then I was kind of, I, I think over like lockdown, everyone kind of was like a lot of self-reflection, a lot of like, who am I? What's my purpose? What's life all about? What's the point in anything? Get a bit dark. Um, but then I was like, oh, I want to be around the people I love and like like be more closer to my family and stuff. So then I was, uh, I lived in... Dublin for the third lockdown for like three months with my fella and we didn't kill each other and then I was like oh I'll just move here like I, I'm at a point in my career now where I can like work from anywhere and I, the big thing was like obviously I'd have to move away from Kevin who I was doing the podcast with but I was like we'll just make it work like mm. you know what I mean Have you found that your opportunities for your kind of career have been better since you've moved home? Yeah it's yeah a lot of the like a lot of the stuff like um, for social clubs and hosting gigs and stuff I do a lot more since I've been back mm-hmm. um, but I still like obviously all them grandmom stuff hasn't really changed like we still do work on that together and Kevin flies over I fly to London um, and then if I have to do anything on my own in London like I just fly over like I just did two shows in London like last weekend I just flew over stage like the weekend and it was lovely and I love being back and it's a bit of a buzz seeing my old friends but then I just love coming back to Ireland because yeah. everyone's more sound and lovely you know so speaking of your time with Kevin yeah. you and him have a podcast called I'm Grandma which I mentioned uh, and I'm really excited to have you here because as you know going viral is very much in its infancy right now so I think there's no better person to really chat to about how to grow a strong listenership online so as a new podcaster what advice can you give me as I start my journey now it's hard because we kind of winged it the whole way so <laughs> I'm kind of shit at giving you advice, right? But basically, um, like I, from looking back in hindsight, obviously, from the, if you listen to our first episode, we've done a hundred episodes, like, and if you listen to the first one till now, very much winging, very much learning as we went. Um, but I think, like, what I always give advice to people, I'd always say just like be like authentic and passionate about why you started and hold on to that, because I think like what can happen is like you start doing the podcast and maybe like 
listens are down or they fluctuate a bit and then you start to panic and you're like maybe we'll do this maybe we'll do that and all this stuff and then I always um, remember something that like Tara Mar, you know she's a blogger she's yeah. from Cork Cork girl and she's living over in New York she said this one thing before like she's like if you say like not like I kind of hate the term niche or whatever but like if you stick to like what your niche or what you're passionate about basically if you stick to what you're passionate about the people will find you you know your audience will find you eventually it might take a, a bit longer but they will find you so it's like don't panic if you, if you, if it's not a hit straight away just keep going and if you're passionate about it you will find other people who are passionate about it as well basically do you ever get hung up on the numbers of listenership i stop looking at them and i know that's kind of a place of privilege now because obviously it's like a i'm success. watching mine like a yeah yeah right no you will like <laughs> at the beginning me and kevin were like oh my god we got one new listener this week and it was like crazy but like it did drive me insane then and i i ended up like being like picking myself apart being like oh d- not that many people listen to that episode is that because I said this or is that because and then it affected the way when I was on the podcast I felt like I was being fake mm. so I just had to stop I, I look I stopped look, looking at all my an- analytics at everything because it just drove me insane I can't wait to be at that stage <laughs> yeah. I hope I get to that stage you will you're when you first already. launch a podcast it's obviously like something you have numbers to, are yeah. everything especially yeah. when you're trying to kind of grow it and get the listenerships exactly. and the sponsorships and everything else but um, one of my favourite things about I'm Grandmam is it's really got this great cult following mm. so I was walking down the street there last week and this girl had a tote from yeah. my grandma and I was like oh slay yeah. she's branded how have you achieved this because I think it's kind of really unique mm. for you guys yeah I'm, it's, it's crazy like we call them the girlies like anyone who listens to the podcast and um, I'm obsessed with them like every time I meet someone who listens to the podcast I just know automatically they're going to be sound yeah um, every time we do a live event like the bar at staff or everyone's always like oh they're all so lovely and mannerly and then they love to drink like so they'd be like getting on and they'd be making the barrel of money so a week but they like form cues they're like oh don't mind yeah you can go ahead all the stuff everyone's just so lovely and I think what happened was um when we started like there wasn't that many podcasts around and then when we went into lockdown I think we all kind of trauma bonded together <laughs> it was like yeah. it was like they'd people would be like don't know what to do and they felt a bit lost and then they just throw the podcast on during lockdown and go for their mental health walk and I think that's kind of like bonded everyone into this like kind of cult following so like we have a patreon where like we talk to them on like a deeper level and we release more content there and stuff like that and then when we do our live shows and stuff it does feel like a bit of a celebration that like we're like oh we're allowed back out again and have a laugh and i think that kind of there was like a spillover from that basically yeah i remember listening to like your first episode or maybe it was like <laughs> it was very early on because it was lockdown that yeah. like weird two-week period where mm. everybody didn't have a job yeah and everybody was out in their gardens because the weather was so good so it's it's great to be sitting across oh, from you now and I chatting. Know, it's unreal. It's a I full love circle it. moment. What's been the best thing about having the podcast? Um, I think it's it is the kind of like community that we've built and the kind of way that we can kind. I'm not saying like um be role models because like, like that sounds a bit wanky but like <laughs> it, it's like it's it's a representation right so it's like we've get so many messages about people being like oh my son is queer and I don't know how to deal with it and, and now I've listened to a podcast and I can see like I've gotten tips from that or like people being like oh I'm in Australia and I really miss Ireland and just hearing you talk on the podcast really helps me with my homesickness and stuff mm. and at the beginning we would just chat and shout at the kitchen table right but now I'm like um oh it's actually a bit deeper than that and we're actually like helping people feel a bit happier and that's like what I love like yeah yeah do you think you're you're much more connected to your mom as a result of the podcast 
I've always been best friends with my mom. Like, yeah. like literally, like, oh, and I don't think that would ever change. And she doesn't really understand the level. She always kind of forgets the level that it's at. Because, like, for example, like, even at my, this is not the podcast, but, like, at my live show that I'm doing, we just did um, Cork. And, I like, when she came in, she came to one of the shows. And when she walked in, everyone stood up and clapped for her. And I was backstage waiting to go on. I was, like, nearly bawling, crying. And they all just gave her a standing ovation when she came in. She was like, how did they even know who I was? You know, oh, so cute. Oh, that's so cute. I know. I love My that. heart even thinking about it now. Like, she's 70 years old, like. It's such a nice thing that, like, okay, you guys were close, but it's brought you together on this whole new exactly, level. Exactly, yeah. And it does, I do feel like, um we're like bo- we've bonded on that level like that that none of my other siblings have with us so now I'm the favourite child so it's great <laughs> that's but where I, everybody wants to yeah, be I always kind of was every time we'd after after a few wines I turn to my mum and I go who's your favourite she'd go PJ I can't tell you and I'm go, I know it's me <laughs> is it harder now that you and Kevin are separated um, it makes us have to be more organised which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing because like before we'd be like oh let's just record now you know what I mean and it was a bit frantic because it did take off quite like this you know mm. like quite sharply um, we did kind of have to learn how to organise ourselves uh, so now we try the whole remote record thing and we still do that sometimes if it's necessary Yeah. but we do try and meet up as much as we can Um. And it's just been a it's just been a transition period. Like the the first like six months was a bit hard because we were like we didn't really know where we stood. Like like recording wise, it was like so much pressure to do all the production and stuff. And now we just have to we just meet up and we like the banter when we're in the room together is much nicer. And mm-hmm. it just means I get to see my best friend more often because that's we can what just I was going to say. Other. Like you two at a, you know at the crux of all yeah. of this are best friends. Yeah. and that's such a nice kind of thing that yeah. keeps you guys together exactly. All the time. Which is obviously hard. Like when you're start if you start something with your best friend that takes off, you become you end up working with them. So yeah. like when we were we were living together working together going to the gym together going out together <laughs> so now I think it's nice and he would say the same thing straight away that like we're not clung to each other's hips so then when we do meet up we're like buzzing to see each other as opposed to being like fuck's sake would you leave me alone you know <laughs> now you guys when you you appreciate the time so much yeah more exactly together. yeah what's been the biggest learning from having a podcast um it's been it's, it's been a lot of self-reflection uh, I'm gonna sound <laughs> very like wanky again but it is like because you do have to like so you have to check yourself from like when you're because you it's easy to just talk and then just like um say an opinion on something and then not even think about it and then like the ramifications of that so like i've had to learn where the line was to be like when i'm talking to be like oh do i actually mean what i'm saying like or mm. am i just being quite flippant with my opinions so now when i say something um i try to make sure that i'm like informed on the topic and if i'm not informed on the topic just don't make a sweeping statement about it that's my biggest learning is like if you're gonna make it have an opinion on something especially if it's like quite a controversial topic like make sure that you're you're informed about it or else just don't put an opinion into the ring because there's so much misinformation out there on the internet that you need to make sure that if you're spreading information that it's correct information you know totally agree and i think that kind of ties in so much to the social media world which is what we're here to talk about Mm -hmm. today is that you go onto tiktok and you see a video and then you automatically just believe it because it's this one opinion and they might be very convincing yeah but it's so important to kind of do your research and look into stuff because i have drastically changed my opinion on certain things Mm -hmm. because i was only being filtered and given one narrative exactly because once you watch one video you're then in the the current yeah exactly so you're gonna get served this same kind of narrative of one Mm -hmm. topic over and over and over again which is gonna 
make you think, oh, well, you know, I totally agree with them. Exactly. It, like, and this is more on a superficial level, but the whole like Selena Gomez, Hayley Bieber thing that was happening, like everyone was hating on Hayley Bieber, right? And we, I was like, leave that girl alone. Like it's all speculation. And you're like, she tagged her in this way on her story. And, she, and then Selena Gomez was just like, we'll just leave her alone. I don't care. Like, let's just move on, you know? Things can just grow, grow, grow. legs. And yeah. And like, the internet's scary, like... It is a scary place. Yeah. Yeah. I actually loved... I don't know if you saw, there was a TV program that uh, TV3 did, or uh, Virgin Media now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called Eating with the Enemy. So, like, two people would sit down. I saw it, yeah. And I was like, that's so valuable because yeah. we don't see debate anymore. Exactly. And, like, I was on the debating team oh, in school. Were well, you a bit of a nerd? Kind of. I you feel like tell. you were. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> but, like, in, like, a cute, like, oh, my God, look at you now kind yeah. of way. I wasn't, like, an A student. I was probably, like, a B student. Yeah. But I was, like, good. Like, snort was, when you laugh kind of nerd. Yeah. yeah. Like, my mom was my principal, so oh, I was a bit was of a two-shoes. Yeah. Oh, my God, I need... We need to dive into that. Oh, like, not do. now, but after. Get me on, I'm grandmother. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was on the debating society and I learned how to have like constructive conversations. Yeah. And I think that that's really lacking in this day and age. And I want to see more of that in social. Same. So I really hope that that is kind of something that changes in the next while that you can have a different opinion yeah. to the masses because now we all just have the same opinion and what's going to yeah. come of Stop that? Stop filtering my For You page to what I believe in. Just like give me stuff Give that me I other don't. options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I sometimes want to hear the opposing opinion Exactly. As well. same. The only time I ever hear opposing opinions is when someone stitches an opinion they don't think is right. So like yeah. something would pop up and be like being gay is a sin and I'm like what? And then someone would stitch and be like actually and I'm like okay but I want to hear what they kind of said as well. Yeah. You know yeah. why? You know? Yeah where do people get their frame of thought Exactly from? yeah. Yeah. So interesting so i actually want to talk to you about dancing okay you're an incredible dancer oh thank you i've done one of your classes you have i had a great time you were amazing too i i did dancing growing up i could see it babe it was coming out yeah and i actually i have to say you made me feel so comfortable in the room because i've done classes as an adult Mm -hmm. and i've just gone into myself to be like when i was dancing i was a teenager so i was self-conscious about everything so then when you go into a dance class and you're like bringing up these feelings and you're surrounded by mirrors and you're surrounded by mirrors it's a really weird and your body's different and your fitness level Mm -hmm. is different but i have to say you are amazing oh thank you um is there enough dance in ireland right now there could always be more dancing that's all i would say and i would say that there isn't enough for adults like on your point there like when I came back I started a dance kind of class called throwing shapes when I was in London and when I came back I was like I'm going to bring it to Ireland because I was like there's nowhere for people who like dancing but aren't professional dancers to go and just have a laugh feel confident and um, so that's why I brought it here and I was like when I first got here my first few classes like it was like I was drawing it out of people. I was like, come on, you're allowed to relax, have fun. And like, that's the message I always say to people when they're in the class. No, I'm like, um, we were trying to get back to like, you know, the five-year-old who puts on dance shows for their parents, like makes them sit down and, yeah. and like, just doesn't give a shit, you know. We're trying to get back to that person. And you can really see it come out of people who've come to a few classes now and they just really enjoy just dancing again. Because mm. like, like it's it's really like liberating to just move your body like it's gorgeous it's fitness and it's art at the same time it's it's like the synergy and you feel great after a <laughs> yeah dance class. the endorphins like what is it about dance that inspires you it's one of the few like i i love be, uh, being like creative like in all different mediums but it's one of the one of the only mediums that like you i physically use my body you know what i mean mm. like i don't talk 
I, like you don't like do you don't like do you physically move your body and it's like art you know mm. it's like a mixture of sport and art and I, I'm quite I, I'm quite into my fitness like I like on gym and stuff and then it's like mo- pairing that with your creativity is just gorgeous and like moving to music is just lovely yeah um, it's in our bones as well like shall we be going to the Kayleys and we were younger and stuff like that <laughs> you know what I mean it's in the blood yeah it's in the Irish blood I know? did a gym class with you as well and I have to say you were running on that <laughs> treadmill like it was your last run of your life well I'm six four six three like Six, four, I've six, never seen anything like it. Yeah. You, you, because we had to do reps. Yeah. You finished like ten minutes before yeah. everybody else. But it's because of, I was next to our agent Lynn, and she was like, "PJ, you better not give <laughs> up." And she's the scariest woman ever. So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> she's like, "Come on, run faster." She was turning up my treadmill. I was like, "Lynn." And then you were doing push-ups in the middle yeah. of it all. Yeah, whatever. Do you dance much now? Um, I te- like so I teach once a week. Um, and I I still have dance agents in the UK, like the ones that I was saying to before, because I used to work like in commercial music videos and stuff like that. Um, but I don't go to the castings as much. Mm. And to be honest, it's because it is like the professional dance world is kind of like really shallow and really kind of um not great for my mental health. Like okay. I used to go, I used to go to like castings and they'd be like, you're too fat, you're too tall, you're too pale, you're too this, you're too that. Nothing to do with my dancing, you know? Mm. Um, I actually talk about it in my upcoming show, cliche. That's a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's like, so I didn't like that element of it. And it did kind of make me lose my love for dancing a bit when you do it professionally. I think all yeah. professional dancers will agree, like the audition process is soul destroying and you literally just, you've done it, something that you love. Yeah. And then they kind of changed Turn it. it into something. So I kind of took away, I take, I took myself away from that to protect my love for it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm kind of at the stage now where like, if I was to dance in a professional aspect again, I'll just do my own professional show or I'll only work with people who I feel like would look after me or like not hire me because the way I look and hire me because the way I dance, you yeah. know? You were in a few professional music videos. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool because they live forever. I know, it's what, so funny. What was that like? It's great, like, because it's, it's, it's weird. It's so anticlimactic because um, <laughs> it's like, uh, like you train like your whole life, right? And you're like spending loads of money, moving to London, like like literally on the ground. And then you book like your first huge music video. So like the first like big music video I booked was with Anne-Marie it was for 2002 her music video right and I was like this is it I've made it I was like then I go to the shoot we're not really dancing like we do like, a, like two two moves um, and then I get paid like barely anything like you get paid oh really like, I thought the pay would have been really good no I got I got paid more for like my like two shifts I'd done in the restaurant than I do for that did for that music video because there's no buyouts in music videos so John if you do an advert yeah. as a talent you get a buyout you don't get a buyout you get paid for rehearsal you get paid to do the music video and that's it there's a bit more money in touring like you get paid good like my my friend Zach just um toured with Julie and obviously they got paid really well for that because it was like a world tour wow. uh, but for music videos there's no money in it do you prefer performing on stage or running classes? I like them both for different reasons. The adrenaline you get on stage is amazing. I just love being on stage in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I just love the attention. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all, you know? Let's call a spade a spade. Um, but I love like the kind of therapeutic element of dancing in a class and teaching a class. I love choreographing as well. So mm. that's why I like going, teaching class. You've been super busy right now. Do you miss that you're not able to kind of dance for joy as much as you would have previously? Literally, yeah, yeah. I'm because I'm, I'm trying to get back. So I'm trying to get the classes back up and running again for summer. Um, because I do miss them and like mm. it does it's lovely because it builds a little community like um, like I 
have like everyone who comes to my class like a lot of them go for coffee afterwards a lot of people are new to dublin and then they make friends at the class and they meet up at the weekends and stuff and i'm bawling crying then because that's gorgeous yeah what advice would you have for somebody who wants to incorporate more dance into their life just go to a class or literally go home like what's stopping you i know it's, you might feel a bit crazy go home close your close your door blast the music and just dance around your room i bet you'll feel better you'll feel silly for the first two minutes but by, by the end of five minutes, you'll be skitting laughing to yourself and you'll be having a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I actually met this guy over the weekend and he dances every single morning. Gorgeous. And I was like, oh my God, what a way yeah. to start the morning. Like, yeah, gets people, all your endorphins going. People need to remember, they have, you have free will. So like, you can get up whenever, wherever you are and just start dancing. People might think you're crazy, but you'll be having a laugh. So who cares? And if you're at home, who's watching? Yeah, exactly. Only the mirror. Yeah, there you go. This year you launched uh, one of your biggest passion projects to date, mm. which is your solo show, yeah. Cliché, mm. you mentioned earlier. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, so I um, I have this thing where it's like, if I have an idea for something, if I don't act on it straight away, I feel like it loses momentum. Mm. I don't know, do you have that as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, do you know, like if you have an idea for a bit of content or if you have an idea for a show or something, I feel like if I don't start like pushing the ball and get it rolling, that it's just going to sit, st- sit there. Yeah. So um, there was one night I couldn't sleep and I came up with this concept for a show and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I woke up then and that's all I could think about. Um, and basically it's a show about if someone made a film about my life, um, I realised it would be quite boring and it, I thought it was funny because like when I was 20 I'd be like oh, I turned 30 this year and I was like looking back at my 20s and when I turned 20 I was like I'm so original I'm trying to be different from everyone else but by doing that I ended up doing all the cliched things that a gay person from Cork from a small town would do it, so I was like oh if someone made a, like a, a film about my life up to this point it would actually be quite boring and like predictable uh, so I do I do a one man show where I pitch this film and act out scenes from the film to the audience basically um, and people are liking it and I'm loving it it's, it's what so was it fun. like doing it for the first time for an audience um, I felt like I was going to pass out like literally <laughs> I was having such a panic attack and I'd done a run in Smack Alley and I remember being downstairs and I was like literally doing my yoga breathing being like doing like words of affirmation in the mirror and I don't do that that often like but I was like it's it's Joe when some, sometimes people aren't religious but then if something bad happens they start to pray I'm not that like into my like wellness breathing and words of affirmation but then when I need them I'm like drawing on them so I was like where are the crystals I was like get me anything to make me feel relaxed like the the incense you know what I mean where are my crystal girls you know so I was just doing my breathing and I was up to 90 but the first um, show couldn't went better and I feel like the audience that came was just perfect they were really responsive so the minute like I got my first laugh or whatever. I was like, okay. And then I just went, you know. Fair play, yeah. yeah. How long did it take to get the show together? And how did that whole process work? Like, did you write it first? Or did you tell somebody while you were writing it? And then they were kind of trying to put this stuff in motion for you? So I um, I judged the Dublin Fringe Festival. Um, and I met um, the people in charge of Smock. And then I, they, I was like, oh, I kind of have this idea for a one-man show. And then they were like, oh, let us know when you kind of have it up and running we can talk about maybe putting it on here as like a trial or whatever and I was like okay and then I couldn't stop thinking about it so I started writing it but then at the same time as I was writing it I was doing I was launching it so I was like I'd be writing it and then people would be like what's it about and I kind of wasn't really sure like 100% like how it was going to end and stuff I was like vaguely at this and then I was like doing press releases I was doing shoots for the thing doing the but then they all kind of because I did them in like tandem they all kind of like grew together and then it became like what it is now that must have been stressful it was stressful because I was like (laughs) I was like doing like like the poster for example and I was like yeah I feel like that's kind of the vibe yeah like it's going to be like a film that's like a film 
awesome poster. I love you know, the poster. And, I have oh, to say, it's you. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Bit it's of, really bit eye of Photoshop, bit of Photoshop, bit of YouTube. Bit of Did things. you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do all my um, editing, video stuff, and my all the visuals. Jeez, a man of many talents. No, it's a man from a small town in Cork. Like, and you just need to. <laughs> you just learn need to do it all. Yeah, you know what I mean. When you're growing up, you know. Was the show something you think that you always wanted to do? Like, it was always there, or was it kind of like a natural progression as your career was growing? I think, like, I didn't know I was wanted to do a one man show, but I did want to because, like, I'm a, I, like originally like before the whole podcast or anything happened, I was like a dancer performer. You know, I acted in a few things like and stuff like that. So it's like I did want to get back on stage in some aspect, and then that just kind of was the way it came about, basically. Mm. What's your favorite moment in the show? There's a point in the show, and I'm not going to give it away, but like it's like it's all like comedy, 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 and then it starts getting darker. So like I cover like three big cliches of my life, and they gradually start getting darker and I was really worried because like people know me for being quite like lighthearted and quite like just having a laugh but then I dive into topics like like um, body dysmorphia and like grief and stuff like this um, and when I went there I was really worried of how people would receive it mm. but the feedback I'm getting after the show is that people they're people's favorite parts because it's like putting real life like trauma on stage and um, so they're kind of my favorite parts when I start diving a bit darker so the people who are going to see this now are kind of going to get another level to the PJ Kirby they follow online. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. What was the biggest learning from the show? The biggest lesson? Um, build a team around you because mm. I was trying to do it all by myself um, and it was stressful. Um, but also I like my learning is like there's you don't have to like you can you can bring your friends with you. Basically, for example, is um, <clears throat> my friend. Beverly is like she never done tech management before and before my show started I was like um they were like you need a tech manager and I was like I never had a tech manager for like any of my podcast tours or anything like we just done it with the lighting and people there and they're like oh no no like this show like what you sent over is different like you need a proper tech manager or whatever it's like okay yeah my friend Beverly is going to do it and then I was like Beverly will you be my tech manager and she was like I've never done that before and I was like yeah but you're creative you know what I just knew she could do it you know yeah so I just talked her through it and then she went and kind of like shadowed the people the first day and stuff like this and now she's fully just the tech manager for my whole show like she's do, she's helping me do tech management in Vicar Street now like I am obsessed and, and with that yeah and it's so lovely because she's literally like one of my best friends so I trust her 100%. and I should probably stop working with my best friends like but like <laughs> I feel like I feel like I just trust them like so yeah. why not you know yeah I think as content creators as well we kind of feel like everything's on us because that's how yeah. we've rose that's how you've yeah that's how exactly. we've grown our profile so yeah. it can be so hard to build a team around you because it feels foreign. It's yeah. like, I've done this all myself up to this point. But mm. it is the, the people who become the biggest successes, like CEOs of big companies. They're the ones that are like, actually, I need a team of experts yeah. around me that I shouldn't be the only person in the room. I need to have like... And learn how to delegate. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something I struggle with, so definitely. Do you have any future plans for more shows? I don't <laughs> think it's the, the end of the show because I, I love it. And like, to be honest, I didn't expect it to be this big like it was never meant to like grow this much and I again I might do Edinburgh so I'm gonna like shelve it for mm-hmm. a bit because this summer's really busy for me and Kevin so we're doing like a lot of festivals we're doing that we're bringing back the podcast and stuff like this and then we're talking about like doing a tour ourselves so like nice. that'll be fun to do together um so I'll shelve it for now and then maybe come back to it later. You're also um, a social media content creator, much like myself. And you're on fire right now, oh. I would say. I feel like everywhere I look, 
you're there I and know I again. No, I love it. Okay. I always think the best people are the ones who are inescapable and I think you're kind of at that point <laughs> in your allergic. career. They're like, "What do you have a fuck off?" No, not at all. You're working with some of the biggest global brands like Google, White Claw and H&M. How do you manage it all? Um I don't know. I am kind of like this is something I'm stru- dealing with, not struggling with. I'm dealing with it. Um, I'm uh, kind of a workaholic, so like, and that kind of affects some of my relationships. Sometimes, like, like with Kevin stuff, he'd be like, "PJ, we need to take a break," and I'd be like, "No, come on!" At the beginning, and now I'm like, "Oh no, we actually do need to take a break. It's good we balance each other out mm. that way." Or like, like my fiance Jose would be like, "Like, it would be lovely if you weren't working every weekend. Like, <laughs> and we could go on a date." Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, and now I am getting to the mindset of like. Okay, no, I'm not working. Like, I know, because you, you know when you're freelance, like, you don't, you can set your own hours, which is really fun, but it also means that you, there's no, like, stop point, or there's, because you're your own boss, that you can't be like, ah, feck him, I'll just, you're, you're kind of fucking over yourself if you go exactly. do something, you know? Everything is on you. Yeah, exactly. If and you like, don't do it, it's not getting done. And I kind of have this, I don't know, panicked mindset that, like, it's all just going to come crashing down tomorrow mm. so I'm like I might as well just do as much as I can now before like it all comes crumbling down around me and I should probably go to therapy about that but in the meantime <laughs> it just means I just put the head down and do it yeah. you know what I mean but some months are really busy and then, and then some months are and, a little bit more nothing, chill yeah, you know yeah. and that happened I had a chill month in like March and I'm the same as you I'm a workhorse yeah. so I was just like oh god what do I do yeah. what do I do you're trying to find stuff to do all the time yeah. if Hota comes home and I'm like deep cleaning the house he's like quiet day and I'm like yeah <laughs> I'm like literally like I'm like we should reorganize the wardrobe and he was like PJ take a deep breath you're fine it's gonna be okay I'm a Capricorn though what are you an Aries so okay. similar yeah similar vibes we both have the horns going yeah, on ba- yeah. bashing heads yeah, of people exactly, yeah exactly yeah speaking of which <laughs> your page has such a, a strong aesthetic more so than oh, like wow. other pages that I look at have you kind of had to push back when you work with brands to make sure that this visual visual narrative is still there it's 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 weird because like um I've said no to so many people because mm. like um, and that's not me going I've said actually said no to so many people <laughs> like everyone wants me and I'm saying no it's more just like I it's it's I feel like I'm at like a privileged position again where I'm um like get doing social media collabs isn't my main source of income yeah. do you know what I mean so I have a, another job so it's like it's not like I don't I don't have to be like yeah I'll do that no bother because I need the money you know mm. um, I only work so that makes that frees me up to only work with brands that I really actually like and like I'm like oh that'll be really fun like for example I just did a thing with Google where like they had a really cool new product launching and then I was like hosting the event and stuff I was like oh my god of course I'll do that yeah. but then I always make it clear to them um, that like oh if it's going to be on my page I can I can kind of shoot it whatever way I want mm. and like if they were like can you add this logo here or the sticker here I'm like no yeah and then and then if they're like all oh, right they were like okay I don't know can we work together and I'm like okay that's so fine you know what I mean yeah. um and then if it's I've never really had a huge pushback there's been a few people being like oh you know you have to put this here and I'm like there's compromise and you kind of meet in the middle mm. but I do think I'm always just like if you want if I do what you're asking me, if I, I always say this to Brandon, I'm like, if I do what you're asking me, everyone who follows me would be like, what's going on here? And they'd be like, they won't like it. You know, yeah. you know, they'll be like, oh, he's so fake now, you know? So I'm always trying to be as authentic as possible. It's so true. I actually met with my manager yesterday, who's also your manager. Yeah. And she was telling me you have like a really high engagement rate and mm. your social posts do really well. And I was like, wow, like fair play to him. She's like, that's down to you being really selective with who you work with and yeah. you saying, okay, if I work with you, 
I'm not going to post three random stories just to give, yeah. you know, just to put them up. Like, I'd rather just do a reel and reshare the reel on stories. Yeah. And I was like, I need a bit more of that. <laughs> and even before you came in, I was talking to Shane um, from Collaborative Studio, who's recording the podcast here and, is, and deserves this shout out. But I say, no, I met you in town and mm. I was running because I got yeah. a last minute thing from a brand being like, we need you to go to three places this evening. And I had an hour's notice and I was running around and I was like, if that was PJ, he would have said, fuck off, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, no. <laughs> and I know it's Sometimes it comes across as like um, mean and like I used to be really people pleasing like mm. before, but now I'm like, I'm trying to do the whole work life balance. So I'm like, like if my, if I was in a normal, like a normal, quote unquote normal job, what is a normal job? But like, if I was like doing like a, a job, like a nine to five and someone was like, we need this in the next hour, someone you'd be like, no. So like, why is it any different for yeah. us, you know? And like sometimes Kevin would be killing me because I'd be like, like he's more, he's more like a now, but like, I'd be like, no, let's just say this back to him. And he's like, PJ. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, it's not a diva thing. I'm like, yeah. it'll be good for the project. You but know? you are an expert in your field. So yeah. the people working with you need to trust what you are saying. Yeah. But I'm a bit of a pushover. So like, what advice do you have for me going forward now? Just like, like you can, whatever you want. So for me, it's like, I just go say no. If I don't want to do a certain style. So for, say now someone wanted me to do a two camera vlog of something. But I'm also trying to host the event. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's going to be really weird if I can't talk to the people there that have attended the event because I'm talking to my phone. Mm-hmm. I just explain the rationale as to what why I want why I don't want to do that type of content. Yeah. And then I'll go, oh, do you mind if I just get shots of the whole event and do like a voiceover afterwards? Because I feel then I'm going to be able to be engaged with the people who are there and actually talk to people who've shown up. And then I can give you a better valued video um, because I can do it in the comfort of my own home in my own time, you yeah. know? Um, and then I think once you explain like why, the why, like it's easier for them to understand. Yeah. And then if they just keep pushing back, you're like, okay, I'll never be working with you again. Like One thing I've noticed as well is when you get a brief in, you can get very excited about the brand. Yeah. So then you can just be like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. But you really need to sit with it. You need to look at that brief. Mm. You need to analyze it bit by bit to make sure that you're happy with every single element. And that was one of my big learnings as a content creator that I was like, okay, yes, the brand is great. But does this brief really fit into Mm -hmm. your your page and your beliefs? And is everything that they want in line with what you want? Exactly. Because that's where you can find the difficulty in, exactly, in that whole yeah. thing and I think if you don't like if straight out the gate if you're not like really clear on that stuff before you go into it then it actually wastes way more work down the line where it's it was true. like if you just take that like hour or whatever to yeah. be like boom 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 and then you both know you're on the same page you deliver the stuff and then it takes two seconds to sign it off because you're already clear on what you're exactly. delivering you it know? saves you from doing re-edits it saves yeah. you from having loads of back and forth in the end so it's better to just like knock stuff on the head straight away and be like that won't happen but it will go this way yeah so hopefully now every collab I do I'll there have a bit go. of PJ in me oh, so. you're making me sound like I'm not a diva by the way no not at all yeah. no you just, just know, know, your, how, know your worth girls know you know your what I mean? worth you know how to do it right yeah. you're a business person <laughs> you've more of a business brain than me maybe oh go away you're flying it I hope so yeah what's one thing about the content creation process that people don't understand um actually in creating the content I don't know. First of all, I think people don't understand, especially people who follow loads of influencers or whatever. They don't understand how much people turn down. So it might seem like, oh, I hate like the biggest complaint I'm like I hate online is like, oh, they they are doing loads of ads. I'm like, 
well that's their job like I'm yeah. like that's what they do like and also you don't know how many ads they turn down like they, you get off a brief step right and center like as a content creator and you really people do really only pick the ones that they want to do you know so that's the first thing I'm like people don't understand how much people don't do they only see what they do do and then the thing I think the struggle that mainly people uh, struggle with the most as a content creator creating it is like how to land what the brand want and still stay true to like who you are because mm. you can get so muddled especially like if you're doing something and they're like make sure you say our line for our brand, the campaign and make sure you do this and and if, if it starts feeling a bit forced that's when i think you do need to like have a sit down and be like i'm not a billboard i'm not a tv like i'm not i'm not any other i'm a different type of media you know what i mean 100 like like and you know your audience yeah and your audience knows you yeah. so if you start saying something that doesn't connect yeah. with what you usually say they'll yeah. know straight away if a bra- like like yeah if a window brand's line was like <laughs> look through the window today and they just wanted me to go online promoting windows and say that i'm like just buy a banner on a website i'm like that that's yeah. not what this should be you know what i mean sometimes briefs get caught up with like a tagline yeah or a hashtag and i'm like i'm not gonna say that yeah. because yeah i'm not a so car salesman weird. yeah yeah and as well you, you if you look at big brands who are doing like influencer marketing amazing you nike nike influencers will never turn to the camera and go just do it you know what i mean it's true they're just they're just they're wearing nike and they're doing what they love and they're doing like the ambassadors for nike are doing are all athletes and they're doing all their bits like even the dancers for nike they're not like going just do it they're they're just being who they are wearing the brand and loving the brand Mm. you know so you don't need brands if you're listening (laughs) you don't need us to say the tagline into the camera the more simple the brief yeah the the better. better yeah why do you think there's kind of a negative attitude about influencers doing ads I just think like some people would be like some people now would just like how dare they be making money like that's like obviously that's the way as well and then some people would be like some people just find influences a bit like certain influences a bit painful Mm. and then just don't follow them yeah like just I always find it so interesting that like let's say a podcast is sponsored and then an Instagram post is sponsored it's sponsored in the same way right it's the same brief essentially that they're getting but there's such a different attitude there yeah it's so weird it's It's like people expect an advert on this podcast now I know people are doing this whole thing like um, introducing like ad breaks on their stories and stuff and I'm like I just don't think we need I think as long as if I put up a paid post with a brand I love and I just say this is a paid post but I love using going back to google but i actually use this in my everyday life this is how i use it but they're paying me to obviously post this yeah like what's wrong with that you know what i mean totally agree and i think if you're following someone who you who you trust and you're like they would never do an advert with someone unless they actually use the product Mm. then you should have no problem with them doing agreed yeah talk to me about content creators so you started out you're obviously following people and now you're befriending them you're in a room with them what's that like it's so weird I, I always remember I don't really get starstruck even like with big like celebrities or whatever I remember it was when we were first like we went to our first big awards show me and Kevin and it was the Stellars um, and I remember I met Ross Purcell and I just think she's gorgeous I remember the first time I met Ross yeah. and I was like I was and a bit she, starstruck she just glows and she I'm does. like I just remember being like I don't think I was following her that much because I wasn't really following that many people in Ireland because I, I lived for nine years in London. London but then I was following her for that year or something and I just love everything she does and I just think she's a lovely beautiful person so when I met her and I, I was just like hi can we go on a hike <laughs> and then she was like yeah yeah we can go on a hike and she was all like get away from me you freak you have know you been I mean? on a hike with Ross Purcell? no because she is quite flaky oh. and I love you Ross oh 
I love you girl But like Spill I, the tea. I'm always like I'm always like Babe come on a hike And then she's like Yeah we will And then I um, I went on a hike With you actually Oh yeah Remember that big yeah. hike We went on um, And then she messaged me Like oh you went on a hike Without me I was like Babe you're too busy I can't get you on a hike <laughs> She's very busy So if you're listening To this Roz When are we going on a hike Yeah yeah. And have you made friends with content creators now? Yeah, we're friends. Yeah, of course. You're a content creator. Yeah. No, I, do, I just think they're all really friendly. Um, obviously, there's some painful ones, but you, there's always a painful one who you work with. Do you know what it's I mean? It's true. Yeah, so there'd be some PR events and I see someone coming towards me and I'm like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing is meeting people in person and being like, you're shorter than I thought you were going to be because you only see <laughs> yeah. like, people on screen. So it, I always get, oh my God, you're so tall. I get that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are always like, you're way taller than I thought. And I'm like, yeah, I don't show those angles, those yeah. long legs. Don't but it's get weird the when they don't drop it. They'd be like, oh no, but like really tall. I'm like, I get it. I'm a freak. Can we just move on? You know what I mean? <laughs> what height are you? I'm I'm six three six four. Okay. Yeah. You're not okay. You're not like beastly tall. Yeah, I'm not like gigantic, but I do. I am like a BFG. Like, yeah. you know what I mean. When I was in Mexico last year, all the like women were really small there, and yeah. whenever I was walking down the street, they'd go. Gigantress. <laughs> you like fee five <laughs> <laughs> coming down Mexico where are the tacos you know what I mean literally is uh is social media the priority for you not not really to be honest um just because um I think and I love it I love creating content I get really excited that's why I'm like I think my feed is like quite like the way it is because I love like my my fiance is a, a photographer like so anywhere we go I'm like gorgeous pictures left right and center so I'm like obviously I want to post them and I do love the power of social media but I do think it's it gets really dark and I'm really afraid for it to make make it a priority for me because there is sometimes where like I do post something and then I can't I'm like at dinner with my friends and I'm checking to see how many likes I got mm-hmm. or checking to see how many and then I'm like when I get in that mindset I'm just like put it away because then I'm getting back to that 20 year old that I've worked so hard to get like rid of. rid of who just cares about external validation to for her self-worth and how do you separate yourself from that mindset i'm still struggling like so there's some days where like even like i was on tour and i was in Am- we were doing a show in amsterdam like a show like which is like huge and i should just been so happy but i just posted something and it wasn't doing that well just because instagram's algorithm didn't find it that worthy you know mm. um and i remember being being a bit sad and i was like pj you're literally on tour with a show that you wrote with your friends in amsterdam like and you're letting a few numbers on instagram make you feel sad get over yourself you loser yeah. you know what i mean so i'm just trying to like be more rational and because it is quite f- f- fickle you know mm. like it's so powerful i think for like stuff that you like for getting the word out there and it's i just think everyone People, sometimes social media get the bad rap and I do think people need to look at it from the case of like for example I did a big fundraiser last year and I would have never raised as much money as we did if I didn't have a platform on social media you yeah. know what I mean so I do think it's really powerful but I just can't make it my first priority because I'd go insane fair when I did look you up there was loads of news articles about you <laughs> Shut loads up. Of, I know I'm like hyping you up here but there was clips of the Late Late Show yeah. uh, what advice would you have for somebody who wanted to grow their profile in this way because that's actually different from social yeah. in my opinion that's public interest mm-hmm. reach out to journalists so like for like when I did my previews for Cliche the show I invited loads of journalists invited loads of like depending on what like so for like the t- it was a theater show that also I I wanted to position myself as a writer, so I invited loads of journalists to cover the actual show and mm. the for, on the opening night obviously because then you want them to plug the run if they're going to write about it. I invited loads of theater people because I wanted them to see that like I'm creating theater as well, and then I invited like production companies who make make series and films, and I'm I'm in talks with a couple of them about like series and films now. It's like 
reach out to people just like literally cold email like get people's emails mm. and like even since then like i've helped some of my friends like my friend doug just made like this gorgeous dance film and i was like he was all having a having a viewing and i was like who'd you invite to it and he was like nobody and i was like you need to obviously invite press like yeah. that's the only reason you, you i get think coverage. irish people can feel a bit like mortified mortified yeah. to, to be like hey i've done this yeah. come come see it but there's absolutely nothing oh, to be we're mortified parking about. that we don't have time life's too short leave girls. that behind yeah. in 2022 yeah get just you're unreal everyone's unreal and everyone's special in their own little way and i always say that like just shout about what you're good at yeah it's gonna be fun what's it feel like having so many eyes on you right now I feel um, like you're a real kind of public figure right now. Oh, I really <laughs> like how not, many compliments like, can I get? No, in? but I'm really like, as in like lads. I mean, people are listening to this being like, is he, I don't know who this person is. Not at all. No, literally, I'm not like. I'm, and to be honest, I um, don't want don't think about it really because mm. I'm like I I I just every time I meet someone who like knows me from a certain thing, everyone knows me something different. So like, I remember some some person came up to me and they were like, "Oh my god, I love you," and I was like, "Oh well, yeah, thanks to you listening to podcasts." And they were like, "What?" And they were like, no, I, I see your coffee reviews with your mama on TikTok. And like, so you never know where someone knows you from. And I think like in every different industry, you wear a different hat. So people would know mm. you from all over the place. But I don't know what it feels like. Like I just, the one thing I'm just conscious of, like, I just can't be like ridiculous when I'm out. Do yeah. negative comments get to you? Do you get many negative comments? Yeah, I do. Like, yeah. So to be honest, like, um, I, I think obviously in, on social media, I always say this male privilege really does exist because I think women get way more um, picked apart than men do. Um, and even though I'm obviously a queer man, I get what the trolling I get is about being queer because I'm obviously a cis white male. Mm. So I don't, like from that aspect, no one will ever pick me apart that much. But um, I, so any like trolling or any stuff I get is always from like, oh, like, uh, a queer perspective like okay. um like because obviously i dress like i like wear dresses and wear skirts i paint my nails like all that stuff but i'm never going to stop doing that because obviously it's good for like young people of ireland to see a queer person you know what yeah. i mean and um, so that's where i get and after the late late show like obviously because you're on a public platform and people in the sticks of ireland who never seen a gay person in their life were like trolling me being like i can't believe i pay for my tv license to view this person what? like it's ridiculous yeah oh we were getting trolled now thank god i found the humor in it and then we read out the mean tweets and we were laughing about them on our podcast and stuff but i do feel like um especially women they just get you get so you get raked over the coals and everything's picked apart like the smallest thing and i just think it's so unfair because it's like if you look at even on like there's a tattle or whatever that is that Mm -hmm. like bitches with all the influence and stuff it's all women there's never really men get like dragged apart and it's it's always other women dragging them down as well you know what i mean so i'm like leave them alone girls what advice would you have for somebody who is experiencing trolling it's obviously done by someone who's afraid to say it's your face like that like every everyone's can be a keyboard warrior like and mm. it's, it's 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 like it's almost becoming like a laughable like trope now that like oh yeah you're mad behind the thing ripping someone down like on your phone mm. but like if you pass them in the street you wouldn't dare say it to someone's face and i just think people need to remember like life's hard enough you never know what someone's going through yeah just being nice like just be 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 nice to someone and they're they're actual real people behind the the content that they're putting out there and god forbid someone tried you know i know like that's why i wanted to do this podcast because i wanted to humanize creators because i feel like we're put on this screen for people and they kind of forget that there's a human behind that exactly but my kind of coping mechanism for trolling is i just say 
you know, that person's definitely miserable yeah. if they're putting this negative energy on the internet. Yeah. So like they're probably having a crap time yeah. and it's, that's nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's nothing about you. Like you're not a bad person. Exactly. It, like, it, what's, what someone, what's they're saying? It's like, what somebody thinks about me is none of my business mm. kind of thing. But it, it, like there was one stage because I was doing like a little bit of a, like a press tour to promote this show that I'm doing, the one man show. And I, I think it was like in two week period, I was like on Ireland Dame, the six o'clock show. And then me and Kevin won the late, late show for the podcast. So it was like, I was on telly a lot that week. Right. But then this person tweeted being like, um, oh my God, that they're putting that blonde bogger. I was blonde at the time. And they were like, they're putting that blonde bogger in everything just because you're gay doesn't mean you're funny. And this person was a lesbian, like. So I was like, girl, number one, don't be dragging me down from inside the community. We can fight amongst ourselves, but don't let the straight people know we're doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then it was so because Kevin saw the tweet and like ripped her apart. I was like, Kevin, like you're fine. But he like ripped her to shit as I was screaming. Mm. But then all the, all the, um, well, people who follow me and like podcast listeners were all jumping in being like which I didn't really like too much they, they, I was living that they had our backs but yeah. I was also like she's obviously going through something so I just commented on it and I was like I hope whatever you're going through gets better because obviously you're unhappy yeah. in your life or whatever it's so true and that's yeah. the way to handle it and 100%. I also go by the way my name's PJ not Blombogger yeah so if you're going to troll me just know my name you know what I mean 100% yeah but it's always going to be it's always going to be a thing so it's, it's just your coping mechanism yeah and like I think as well if it gets out of hand to the point where it's like um, say enough they're picking on one certain thing addressing it on your stories if you want to is good so what you did that time was amazing and um, where you just called it out and then everyone's just like yeah we support you like fuck them you recently got engaged I did congrats thank you have you started planning the wedding? So no. And I'm so panicked because like, I think, because obviously, we, so I turned 30 on the 1st of January, New Year's baby. Um, and I got, so he, uh, Jose proposed to me on New Year's Eve, right? Before we went to my party, um, like in our kitchen, it was lovely. Like such a cute so little proposal nice. with like a little cake. It was so gorgeous. I saw the cake. Yeah. The oh, cake was stunning. Thank you. Um, to him, for him. Thank uh, you, Jose. But basically, um, loads of people, because it was New Year's Eve, got engaged the same day as me. Like, so like, Kira got engaged. Yeah. Like a fashion influencer who's amazing. Um, and stuff like this. And then I was talking to her. We were at an event and I was like, she was like, so I'm doing this, this. I was like, you're, you're way, you're way ahead of me. Like, I don't have a clue. Like, literally we were like maybe we'll go abroad that's that was going to be my next question is yeah. it abroad or in Ireland I love the idea of doing like a gorgeous Irish wedding in like a heritage house and like beautiful but I need it to be sunny and I know people are like it doesn't matter you're... Uh, no I, do, I don't care my wedding would be ruined if it rained I would hate it but then I went to a wedding in the south of France and everything was beautiful the sun was shining and when they were doing their vows it just started lashing raining yeah you just can't predict it yeah and I'm like I would I'm too like um I'm too like that's a sign from the universe. So if I was doing my vows to Jose and started lashing, I'm like, oh my god, I can't marry you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you for these seven years. Kiss bye. You know what I mean? Because nature just said we're not a match. I know. But so it, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not thinking about it. Best of luck with it. Thank you. Is Jose your number one fan? Does he go to all your shows? Yeah. Well, he goes to a lot of them because, as well, because he's a professional photographer, he he does take a lot of the pictures for me like he's shooting Vicar Street for me and he's the best and then I'm like I'll cook you dinner he's like PJ he's like you know I'm a professional and you're getting this for free and I'm like I know but I love you <laughs> um, and he supports me a long time but no he he wouldn't really be going to like a lot of the 
PR influencer events because they can be kind of painful for him because mm-hmm. be, he's like I don't want to be like because there's a lot of networking and stuff like that there and is. he's like Jesus I'm like okay you don't have to come to this one yeah but I have friends that love to come to it with me you know what's what I mean? it like being in the public eye and being in a relationship like do you feel people are kind of watching the two yeah movies? like yeah but they, they all kind of stand so it's fine they're yeah. all like living um but I do feel bad for him sometimes because obviously when we got together we're both professional dancers like um but then obviously like the whole thing kind of blew up and I like, became more in the public eye and sure he didn't ask for that at all. I know. So then some days he'd be like out clubbing and they'd be like, oh my God, you're hosing. And he's like, Jesus Christ. Do you feel protective of your relationship with him? Like, Oh yeah, if anyone did it, like, like I'm I'm way more protective over him than I am myself. Like if anyone said anything, I would kill them. Like I think I'd actually murder them, like go to prison kind of murder. <laughs> like I would, and this is probably, it was probably incriminating now. But if anyone came for my fiance, oh, they'd be dead. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys, from what I've seen, have such a nice relationship. Oh no, I've never felt love like it in my whole entire life. It's actually crazy. Delight. I didn't know. I, I was always like, "Is love real?" You know. How long are you together now? Seven years. Wow. Um, and I'm like, it's weird because I'm like, oh my god, I've never like I've I, I don't I don't like I I don't believe I everyone just getting a bit deep now. I don't believe people have like one soulmate, but he's definitely one of mine. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, but he's gorgeous, like isn't he? Yeah, he is. and he's, he's all right, stunning. so it helps. Yeah. What has been your proudest achievement to date? Oh, that's so hard. It's weird because I don't know if you feel like this because you're quite busy as well and you're doing like a million things. Do you feel like you have this like really proud moment but then you don't sit in it and you just move on to the next thing? That is my biggest flaw. Yeah. Like I can't, I just like things keep coming and I keep like I'll finish it, I'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. And like people around me are like, that's so good, like congrats. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's like weird. It's mad. You need, and this is this goes for anyone, like, and and because people, are, everyone's busy. So, like, even if like in your in your job or whatever, if you something good happens, sit in it, like, be like, oh my god, I achieved that. So have a moment to like have a breath, you know. Mm. Um, it's weird just because it's the most recent thing. I'm really proud of the show that I'm touring at the moment, just because it is quite personal. Um, and I was really scared to do it, and I'm just proud of myself for like doing it and not being afraid to like put kind of like really like darker moments of me on stage basically. yeah good for you yeah what's one piece of advice you have that you could give listeners who want to do what you do okay um just to, like don't try and do don't try and be somebody else like that's that's the main thing it's like i I spent so much of my like late teens early 20s being like oh i want to be more like this person i want to be more like this person and i only really started like getting anywhere when i was just like what what am like what do i want to be like like do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. what do what are my what are my passion points what do i want to talk about you know what i mean and i think the more you lean into what you're passionate about people can smell bullshit from a mile away so if someone's doing something for clout your people are going to see it straight away yeah so i think um if you want to get into like being a bit more creative and like get into the social media side of things or like even starting your own side project passion project just make sure you're passionate about it because it is it's hard to do so it's it's better when you're passionate about what you're talking about sometimes people when they're looking at social media and they're like i want to be a content creator they're like what's trending and then they jump on that and then i'm kind of like okay but what do you actually enjoy doing because there's nothing i love more than somebody who has an extremely niche interest like remember that guy on tiktok who loved the trains yeah oh my god and he blew up because he loves trains yeah Yeah. because you can see and and you can tell people (laughs) being like oh this sound is trending hot i hate when i get sort of things on tiktok it's like this sound is trending hop on it and i'm like 
no yeah I think that's more for brands. It's more for, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, hop on if you're, and when I used to work, like, doing advertising friends, I'd be like, we need to do something to sound now, today. Yeah. Be like, get a Wes Anderson theme going, come on, let's go. When that theme came out, I sent it to every single one of my clients yeah. the original, and do I was like, now. all of us are doing this. Yeah. Like, every single one, and I found, and like, fun. three of them. They're Brilliant. so good. Oh, love. But they're my favourite kind of trends. Yeah, oh yeah. And they're, no. they're okay if you want to, like, grow in social. Oh, like, yeah. Something like that is great. And I like that, like, um, who who was the cha- Dev kind of did it, but she did like her own slanting, and she was doing like recommendations with it. And stuff yeah, like that. so there's That's always lovely. ways to yeah. to mix it up. Yeah. What are your future plans? What's next for PJ? I just hope that I can continue like earning a living from being creative. Um, and this year there's like a big thing happening that I can- I know it sounds so annoying, and I hate <laughs> when people say it. But it's going to come out in the next few months that like um, me and Kevin are doing a big thing together that I can't talk about. I'm really excited about it. So that's my main thing that I'm like, that's that's my next project I'm really excited about. So. I know it's going to be very, very exciting. Yeah. So best of luck with that. Oh, thank, you. thank you so much for joining thank me you. on this podcast. It has been so good to chat to you. And you are one of the people in my head when I thought of season one that I definitely wanted to have. It's an honor. So it's been a great conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please do give it the five star rating. Share with your friends and follow along. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you for the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you.